podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in to the Sons of UCF Live replay. A reminder, if you want to catch the live show on video, always available on our YouTube page, just search Sons of UCF. And the Sons of UCF is proud to be sponsored by our friends at Gordon and Partners. Since 1993, Gordon and Partners have been dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who have been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. It's important that you get legal advice from somebody you trust, so contact UCF alum Michael Hoffman directly if you have any legal needs or questions. You can visit their website at www.fortheinjured.com or send Michael a text at 407-913-5350. Don't trust just anybody. Trust the best. And trust a fellow knight. Gordon and Partners for the Injured. We're not getting ready for Built by UCF Knights this June 17th. We're watching the Sons of UCF Live. Go Knights. Sorry, on, baby. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trace Ruckel, and welcome into the Sons of UCF Live. We have a lot to go through this next hour. We are not joined by Mike off the top of the show. He'll be joining us, but of course, Adam is here. Adam, I think we've got some chaos over the next hour. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, we got a lot going on. I also got to get one of those Monster the Barber tops. Does he sell those? Those are pretty nice. Uh, might be a new business venture for him. I need one. Earlier I need this one. week, I went out to the Space Coast Charge On Tour. The tour wraps up for the summer tonight in Oviedo, and we're going to go there live right now with some of our Twitter mafia we friends are. and friends there's a the there's program. a whole mob of people. There's a whole group there of people. Hey, they are there. They are Jan and Britt and the Twitter mafia out at Oviedo Park. Uh, Oviedo on the park. Uh, Jan, Charge On Tour just wrapping up now. Tell us about it. What was the crowd like out there of Night Nation? The crowd was wonderful. And look, we've got two of our superstar coaches, Coach Jenny and Coach Todd, way over there. We've got Jeff Sharon. We've got UCF Twitter Mafia. It was fun. A lot of information. Terry Mahajer hyped up the crowd, right? Yeah. Uh, he says we're destroying the gators in the swamp. That's right. I just want y'all to know it's it was very hot out here, and that's why I look like this. Yeah, how about Jan? What's your what's your weather on the ones <laughs> forecast? Tell us what the scene is like in Oviedo. Mid eighties, a little humid, perhaps. No, it was like ninety two and and sweltering. Can you not see this? Great, here. Trace, Trace. We have we have Amy Alexander. Everyone showed up today. Yeah, man. Why aren't you how many coaches turned out? Yes, it was great. Everyone was here. The coaches were here. Um, do you see Jeff over there? Oh, eight coaches. We got to get it together, you slacker. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, I was at Cape Canaveral on Tuesday, and we've got a show to do on a Thursday, so we're glad to have you guys here. Adam? It was a lot of fun. It was it was, it was like a family reunion, like, like it is every time we all get together. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, who, who gave the best speech tonight? Who, who was the best speaker? Who was the best coach? Did you say something? Yeah, who was the best coach? <laughs> yeah, who, who, we're the ones running this show. Did yeah, you say trying. something? <laughs> which okay, coach did you like hearing from? Which coach did you like hearing from the most? All of them. But can I just tell you that um, Coach Messer, the crowd went crazy. What a warm welcome uh, she's been given by Night Nation. It it was pretty cool. But yes, they're all wonderful. We love them all, right? Yes. yes. So, RBJ, you said that, uh, was it Terry Mohodger or Coach Malzahn that delighted in beating the Gators? Who said that? Say that again. Who said the, the, the line about the Gators that RBJ mentioned earlier? Oh, that was Terry. Good old Terry. <laughs> Any news come out of this charge on tour stop tonight? Oh, we got a boom. We got a new boom. That's we got a boom right right before. We got a new linebacker. linebacker depth. Very yeah. Very much needed. Yes. It was great, right? Anybody, yes. you, what did you take away from this? What did I take away from this? Uh, it's kind of selfish what I'm about to say. Okay. But, uh, can we? Well, that's all right. That's totally It's a clean show. It's a family show. It's not like those 
Night space. <laughs> Keep it clean. It's kind of selfish what I'm about to say, but to say? can we kill the RBJ short jokes real quick? Oh, I didn't do that. that. <laughs> it depends on who's around you. You need to find maybe some shorter people than you. Uh, perhaps that would help. All right, we're going to wrap things up from Oviedo on the park. We're, how about a big go Knights from the Twitter Mafia? Go Knights! All right, charge on, guys. Thanks for joining us off the top of the show tonight. Did I do a good job? You did great. You did great. We don't even miss Mike. Who? <laughs> Who needs Mike? Who needs Bye. Mike? Thanks, guys. All right, Adam, we promise you five minutes of chaos off the top, and I think that qualifies. Yeah. Yeah, that, that qualified, right? No, it's always fun to, you know, these events, these charge on events, obviously you get, people get together. This one's in everyone's backyard. So it's a good opportunity to get together, party, have some fun, get pumped up for the coaches. Obviously, they're, they're going to give you a lot of good information, a lot of things to get fired up about. Uh, but it's just it's great to see, you know, you hear about the Twitter mafia thing on online and to see it kind of manifest itself in real life and people get together and they, you know, they, they share the same experience. Um, that's that's always cool. So we appreciate Jan and Britt um, for uh, for getting and out there. The cast there of thousands. Uh, the cast of thousands. People I, I don't even recognize. Jordan would like to replace Mike with Jan. Oh, Wow, well, that could be a flashball. NIL, Can we run a flashball? deals tonight? all over the place here. <laughs> <laughs> well, as uh, mentioned, I was out at the uh, Space Coast uh, version of this on Tuesday night. Great to meet so many Knights fans out there. A lot of sons of UCF fans as well uh, who love listening to the podcast and watching the show. And I want to thank you. I was able to get these uh, short interviews with Coach Malzahn, Terry Mahajer, uh, Coach Dawkins, Coach Dashnick, our new women's basketball coach, Coach Messer. And you've been able to get those put up on the uh, the Suns YouTube channel. So much appreciation for you flipping those so quickly. A lot of good content there. If you haven't listened in, uh, Coach Malzahn talks about linebacker depth. And surprise, surprise, we hear a boom today. Uh, Coach Dawkins addresses the transfer portal. I mean, pretty transparently talked about his uh, his view of the the players leaving. I thought that those comments were really interesting, and you got to hear uh, pretty much all the coaches speak on the the progress and the sort of the the, the steps the women's sports programs have taken the last couple of years for UCF. And uh, I thought that was cool to hear everyone's support there. Plus, you get to meet uh, the newest coach, uh, Coach Messer, as well. So great conversations. Uh, what seven videos went up if you include the uh, AAC baseball post-game press conferences seven videos in 24 hours i don't know who else is doing that i'm just gonna knock a lie i don't know who else is doing that trace that's pretty good and I'm we've seen some that. growth in the subscription numbers for the sons of ucf youtube channel thank you for that getting closer to that 450 when we promise we're going to give away those uh yeti mugs uh definitely promise that we're going to do that it was really 425, but either way, don't worry about it. Just keep subscribing. Hit the 425. Button. Was it 425? I don't know. I can't remember anymore. I don't even think we have any mugs. These, I think, are the last two mugs we have. <laughs> don't say that. That's not Somebody start matter. subscribing soon or else. I don't know. I'm going to drink out of these things. You mentioned the linebacker. Going to get to that in just a moment. We're going to be talking, of course, about softball as well. Friday facing number one Oklahoma in the Super Regionals. But as mentioned, the boom from Coach Malzahn earlier today. The announcement linebacker Walter Yates III coming to UCF from that powerhouse, Savannah State. Uh, well, I mean, the most important stat I saw from uh, Walter Yates was the letters L and B, which means he plays linebacker, which yeah. is a position that we have a huge need in. 6'1", 205, so he's got the height, probably will put a couple extra pounds on. He was committed, I think, to Middle Tennessee State and did one of those late uh, late flips. This probably indicates that another linebacker UCF was after is going to be get, heading elsewhere. I think Texas mm -hmm. is the rumor spot for him. Again, a position of need, a position of depth. Um, I don't know that we you know, should expect Walter Yates to come in and be a day one starter, but we saw last year injury after injury after injury. Having bodies, having people who can play that position is going to be crucial. Uh, and I, I think Walter is a, a hometown kid. I think he's from uh, someplace in the, uh, the, the northern to central Florida area, so homecoming there. Uh, but any depth is appreciated, and uh, let's uh, let's hope he can play well. It looks like he's been dinged up recently, so maybe uh, coming off some injuries. So we'll see what we get from him. But the most important stat, the letters L and B. That's correct. Uh, you got to imagine with a charge on tour stop in Oviedo this Thursday, UCF wanting to release some news that they're going to get some chatter about. Game times announced for four of the games. 
uh, Thursday, September 1st, South Carolina State. The opener, a 7 o'clock start in the bounce house. Uh, that uh, revenge game for UCF uh, Friday, September 9th against Louisville, a 7.30 start in the bounce house. We now know that the uh, September 17th game at FAU will be a nighttime start unless they have improved rapidly the uh, the, uh, the process of getting in. Uh, 7.30 start, you might want to start moving in there about 4.30 to make sure you get through the gates or uh, at least enjoy, of course, a long day of tailgating. And then Thursday, October 13th, Temple, 7 o'clock, the space game. Fair warning, the FAU game is televised on uh, CBS Sports Network, which Four means hour you game. prepare for about nine and a half hours of, uh, <laughs> of, of commercials. So you may want to go to that one. Just get it out of the way. Either you're going to wait in the parking lot or you're going to wait watching commercials. You might as well be with other people in the parking lot. Also, this Thursday, Board of Trustees approves up to $4.8 million to start the design phase on all of those improvements around the football stadium. That includes moving forward with Recovery Cove. I know some fans are skeptical that that project's gonna come to fruition, but at least the design phase for it will be uh, moving forward. Renovation to Wayne, Wayne Dench and the Nicholson uh, Field Plaza. A South Tower, uh, more seating on the north side, relocation of a practice football field, all told in today's dollars, and we know uh, that is constantly changing with some inflation. $125 million, but at least they're gonna move forward with the design phase. Listen, we've had a hard time getting things approved through the BOT of late. So when you come out of there with a with a check approved stamp, you take the <laughs> win when you can get it. We got a win today through the BOT. There's still, uh, my math is not great, Trace, but if I have this math right, $121 million still to be accounted for here. So still a long <laughs> road ahead, but you need the first step to get second. It's a good first step. You're seeing more and more schools. I saw SMU today, I think it was, released something about an a, a upgrade they want to do. Charlotte had this whole thing they came out with recently. Mm -hmm. Memphis is redoing their stadium. This is kind of the sign of the times. And if UCF wants to continue to compete, continue to compete both in the new Big 12 and for recruits locally here in the Southeast, I mean, these are going to be upgrades that are going to be important. So 4.8 today, we just need a little bit over $121 million to make this thing work. So let's Easy. Keep Easy. Quick 121 million. That's a, that's a quick NIL deal around here. Well, <laughs> we're going to get to that in just a moment. What helps that, of course, is Terry Mahatra, Athletics Director, announcing the Shareholder Society now up to 275 members. It was about 190 at the time of the announcement the UCF would be moving to the Big 12. And earlier this week, uh, Terry announced season tickets 93% sold out at the 100-day mark, which was just a couple of days ago. 2,604 season tickets remain. Looks pretty good with a, less than 100 days to go that they might sell out the bounce house. Uh, so that is money that they know that they can count on. But as we mentioned, of course, softball, uh, it has been a whirlwind, right? Uh, now moving on to the Super Regionals against Oklahoma. But we still have to bask in the glory of what was a tremendous Orlando Regional for the Knights. Yeah, I mean, listen, that was a fantastic weekend. I know you and I were on on Sunday night on a, on a special show. Um, yeah, whether you're a softball lifer or somebody who just picked up the sport this weekend, you couldn't help but watch and and root for the team. So much drama on those Saturday games. You know, the 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 win from uh, from behind and really the tie, and then the win from behind on Saturday, and then really kind of coming out dominant on Sunday and holding on to the lead. Watching everybody celebrate on the field, seeing Coach uh, Ball Malone tear up when talking about our team. Again, if you've been a softball fan for thirty years or 30 minutes you couldn't help but watch and see what went on and be excited about it so uh, if you're not into softball trust me it's a it's a fun it's a fun board and this is a great ride that the team is on right now and we should enjoy the heck out of it because we're in a position where we're going to be on a big stage this weekend and we've been on big stages before with with opponents that we felt like maybe we didn't have a chance with and we know how that's turned out so i'm not saying we're going to win but you never know what's going to happen well, it's certainly not going to be easy. Oklahoma's number one. They're 52-2. and two. I pulled some stats. Listen to these daunting numbers. Uh, batting average, 369. ERA for Oklahoma, mm. less than one, 0. .81. Uh, home runs per game, at just 2.46. Scoring per game, 9.26. Uh, outscored opponents, mm. 500 runs to 47 runs. <laughs> That's a crazy mm. number. Seven no-hitters. <laughs> They run ruled this year. 30, <laughs> yes, in 37 of 54 games. And they run ruled mm -hmm. Texas AM 
uh, to close them out over the weekend. You see, the Who they playing? Little Sisters of the Poor? I mean, what's the schedule looking like? What's the RPI, Trace? I need more uh, details here. It's, it's, Are they it's playing the Llamacorns? <laughs> the Llamacorns. It's going to be tough. Friday, 4.30, ESPN2. Of course, it's uh, best two out of three. Saturday, 2 o'clock on ESPN, if necessary. Sunday, time, location, uh, not location, but channel and all that, TBA. Earlier this week, uh, the players, head coach Cindy Ball Malone, met the media to talk about this. And Coach Ball Malone says this is really going to be David versus Goliath. It's going to be it's going to be tough. You know, there's a lot of odds against us, but I like our odds in those moments because um, they're feisty. So, you know, we're going to keep playing our game and stick to us and have fun. Well, one of the stars of Saturday's win over Michigan, you've seen it. It's gone viral now. Sophomore Maddie Bejarano. She was key to that uh, victory over Michigan. Her brother has Down syndrome, Tanner. And in the post game, I asked her on what it was like playing for her brother. Maddie, for your brother? Thinking about your brother now? Yes, yes, definitely. Honestly, in that last at bat, I just told myself to do it for him. If I'm being completely honest, I, he's my biggest influence in everything I do. I do everything I do for him. So I was thinking about him when I was going to Scott that last one. Well, that clip took off. I shared it with Jan, who joined us off the top of the show, and the Twitter mafia started talking, how can we get Maddie's brother Tanner to something? They tried to get him to Sunday's game uh, at uh, the Plex, but uh, an effort moved on. And, and that's why we want to bring in a friend of the program, Robert Aronoff. You know him as two letters, two words. Always great with his support of the Sons of UCF, the walk and talk. You're seated. You're seated for this. I expected you to be wandering around aimlessly, Robert. <laughs> Welcome in uh, to the Sons of UCF Live. Let's take it from there, Robert. Fans started clamoring, how can we help get Tanner to the games? Take it from there. Tell us what started to occur as a groundswell. Yeah, I think process-wise, it started with you, with that question, uh, and then Maddie's answer. And then I know because of, uh, you know, Britt being a Downs person that that Jan and, um, and Maddie had connected. Uh, and then Maddie sent out a tweet and tagged me in the tweet uh, about how do we get Tanner to – the games because I'm kind of a notorious softie and I'm known to push these fundraising social media things. Um, and uh, so my first question was, well, um, is there a compliance issue? Because uh, as much as I love to do these things, when it crosses into the world of an athlete, I want to worry about protecting the institution as well as helping the individual. Um, and so I reached out to uh, compliance at UCF and had a good conversation with somebody there and was told that maybe the way to do this is to work out um, an NIL deal. And the, the, the suggestion that was given to me was, well, maybe you can have her sign autographs or a couple of things. And I'm thinking like, I don't really have a legitimate business concern that could kind of be on the up and up. And then, of course, I thought about the show because, uh, as you know, I'm I, I'm I'm very honored to be labeled a friend of the show. Um, and uh, I thought about the show, and I reached out to Adam, and I said, Adam, is the, you know, if would you be interested in having her kind of contribute some kind of content over time, and all the money that I collect, I could send to you, and you could uh, uh, make it part of a nil deal with Maddie, and then we got loop we looped in. Um, uh, the title sponsor for the show, uh, Gordon and Partners, the, uh, Michael Hoffman, the attorney with Gordon and Partners. And he was like, hey, I'll, I'll contribute. Let's get this thing done. And uh, that grew the mountain of money even bigger. And um, so we, um, we moved forward and uh, I kind of checked with Maddie. Um, and in my conversations with Maddie, I was thrilled to learn that she was a communications major. And so working with the Sons of UCF as a communications major, not only just it was a way to accomplish this kind of as the workaround, but it actually made a lot of sense for her major, her future career, those kind of considerations. And um, I just thought that it, it would all work. It just all came together in the right way like that. Um, and Adam, as you were quoted in the Orlando Sentinel in an article by Jason Beatty, the Sons of UCF are one piece of this. It, this is really Night Nation wanting to send Tanner to support his sister. I, I did not really, yeah. really realize that I was quoted in the paper. No, the, uh, Adam, Adam, Adam was in the paper. 
Oh, at, well, of course. Happens all the time. Happens all the time, yeah. Robert. No, on, no, uh, on a serious note, I mean, like I said, it, it takes a village. Uh, and, and, the, and the Night Nation community came together quickly. Uh, me personally, and speaking on behalf of the show, I'm, I'm super uncomfortable taking credit for any of this, right? This was a collective effort by a lot of different folks involved. We're just, we're ecstatic that we could figure out a way to, to give Maddie and her family an opportunity. And we're excited to, to have her join us on the show and, and do some fun stuff. I mean, if anyone follows our show, you know, we like to be a tad unconventional at times. So we'll find some fun ways to get Maddie involved and, and bring her to you all. I mean, we've all had a chance to, to talk to her kind of individually now um great personality just a super super great person um i think she'll bring a ton of energy and, and we're excited about the partnership but again i can't stress enough this is a collective community effort uh we certainly appreciate all the kudos our way but um super uncomfortable taking those on because this is a whole a whole host of people a part of this and we're just glad to be one small sliver of this whole community because it's such a cool thing and i can't wait to hopefully espn gets a camera on tanner this weekend and we get to see kind of the payoff of this because i think that'll be um That'll be fantastic, but just just happy to be a part of it in any small way that we can. Yeah, and I, I, it truly does need to be reinforced that this is in every way a group effort because, you know, without uh, Trace bringing up that question and knowing to ask that question, and then Jan kind of taking that and uh, kind of pushing me a little bit and uh, putting that in there on social media. And then once I got the kind of the methodology to do this in the right way from uh, some people at UCF, uh, you know, then I turned it over to the rest of uh, the UCF Twitter mafia. And I received, I received money from as little as $10 all the way up to $250. Um, and uh, uh, we were able to absolutely cover the expenses and even go a little bit over, which I think is great. Uh, making it truly, I think, a really legitimate NIL deal for Maddie. NIL for good, Robert, as well. Uh, right. It's it's all a positive story. Yeah. For all the complaining we do about the, the the negative aspect of what NIL can be. I think this is kind of really, really a nice way to uh, make the NIL something more important. Yeah, I and mean, look, I, I think for, for us too, it's a, it's a great opportunity for student athletes to get involved in different things. And I think you said it best, Robert, you know, whatever small platform we have here on the Suns UCF, you know, if we're able to, to give Maddie an opportunity to try something out that she wants to do in her career as well, I mean, it just checks so many boxes from a win standpoint. It just made so much sense. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people are asking what that looks like, what next looks like perfect transparency you know our message to maddie was first go go kick some go kick some some rear end this weekend focus on the softball game once you guys win the college world series come back <laughs> and then we'll figure out the next step so uh, again we, we couldn't be more excited to to root on maddie and, and her family and, and all the all the softball team this weekend uh, because i do think this is an interesting you know uh, and i'm glad jason bd highlighted a little bit in the sentinel i think it's a really unique approach and you know you hear a lot of bad stuff about nil right we're talking about eight million dollar quarterbacks and nick and jimbo are at each other's throat every day and so to, to sprinkle in a nice good human interest story i think is a, a nice change of pace and glad that again ucf can be represented in that and if we all played any small part in that you know it's icing on the cake yeah uh, by the way i i kind of like where i fit in the box here so uh, <laughs> no we're not doing three no and uh I, I would note that because it messes time. everything up robert see that like now we're all too close <laughs> it's just it's there too much go. too much yeah well, Robert, no, we thank I, I you for in, this box is open. How about that? Robert, we thank you for your longtime support of the Sons of UCF and for efforts that you get involved in like this that uh, benefit the student athletes. And uh, for those of us that have had the opportunity to be around Jan and Britt, it's unconditional love. And that is certainly something in light of all the news that's going on around us that we need now more than ever. So no matter what happens for the Knights, against Oklahoma, mighty Oklahoma. Tanner's going to have a good time cheering on his sister. And thank you, Night Nation, for that. Thank you, guys. Everybody. Robert, Aronoff, two letters, two words. Give him a follow on Twitter. Always fun. Robert, thanks for being with us on the Sons of UCF Live. Thanks, Robert. Good stuff there, Adam. I know you've spoken uh, and, and been a spokesperson for this, but you're completely right. This is, this is Night Nation, and, and we're just helping out a little bit. 
yeah, again, super uncomfortable being the the face and the voice of this. It's it's a collective effort by everybody. To to Robert's point, Trace, it starts with a great question by you at a press conference, right? It starts with people hearing that and picking that up and saying, "Well, hey, why can't we do this?" And that's what I love about Night Nation is it went from just a a, a question and a really a, you could tell an emotional answer by Maddie to somebody going like, "Hey, let's make this happen then." And there was no impediments. There was no, I'm not so sure. Or, ah, I don't want to. I mean, it was literally from the moment, you know, Robert called me and said, hey, I got an idea. It was, and he's still in the room. He can nod his head. I, 12 hours later, we had this all figured out. Probably less than 12 hours later. It, luckily, unfortunately, I slept for like eight of them. So I missed out on that. But literally, I went to bed and I woke up. I was like, oh, we, it was all figured out. I mean, that's how quickly this came together. And that doesn't happen if you're in a community of people who don't have, you know, don't have each other's backs, don't trust each other, and don't have a deep connection. And you said it perfectly, Trace. There's just a lot of bad stuff going on in the world this week. And to have an interest story like this, to have a connection point where everyone comes together and, and does something for some good, um, really, you know, gave you a nice juxtaposition with all the all the uh, terrible stuff from this week. So again, glad to be any small part of it that we can. Can't wait to get uh, Maddie on the show. Can't wait to have some fun. Um, you know, she's she's a great person. If you haven't had a chance to get to know her, um, uh, follow her on social media uh, if if you'd like to. She's flexing her biceps in a recent photo, so uh, <laughs> uh, uh, bigger than Mike's, I believe. I can't confirm. Uh, so uh, and, well, and it certainly be a thing Mike would compete with her against, uh, as we saw in some video. <laughs> that he had on his Twitter uh, taking swings against nine-year-olds uh, out on the softball field, right? Nine, ten-year-old? I can't confirm the age. He, he framed it up as older sister. I know his, his daughter is probably, I think his oldest is eight or nine. So I'm going to hope we're in the double digits. That's my, my hope is we're, we're double digits. Well, this has already been a tremendously successful season for UCF softball. Oklahoma, though, that is a really tough out. But why not? They've They've got nothing to lose, right? Uh, this gives them greater exposure. Yeah, listen, we we all know we have our work cut out for them, and that's what makes us even more tough. Unfortunately, is it's t- you got to win two games, right? We've been in the scenarios with some of our our sports programs, you know, uh, basketball and, and football, where it's it's a one game scenario. You got to beat Oklahoma twice at home, and you, Trace, you mentioned all the daunting stats, but listen, we've seen this team. Day after day, game after game, figure out ways to come up with victories when we all thought it wasn't possible, when things looked bleak, when we weren't quite sure what was going to happen. And I'll just posit this for one moment. Not a softball expert, but you think about that Michigan game, especially the second one. We left the bases loaded two times, right? And we still won by you know a comfortable margin. I know it got close to the Nine end. Runs. 10 left yeah, on base. Exactly. So we still had opportunity. There's still meat on the bone there. Now I recognize that Oklahoma's pitching is probably a little different than Michigan's pitching. Uh, but if you saw, you know, John Amancha and, and Kama Woodall pitch this weekend, you know, if you know what Jada Cody and Shannon Doherty can do with the bat, you see the heart that, you know, that Maddie has, that Denali has. I, I don't know how you can count them out. I'm not saying we're going to win. But listen, I think it's going to be a great opportunity. I can't wait to be in front of the TV tomorrow, four thirty. Um, probably something, uh, something of a spirit on deck and just rooting on the team. Um, because the reality is, that, you know, this is a this is a big moment. It's it's tough to put in context, right? But Eric Lopez, who obviously is the voice of, of the Knights, says this is one of the one of the bigger accomplishments from UCF athletics in general. So it's a great opportunity to to watch and have some fun, and uh, it's it's a great team. And you know, you never know what can happen. They run ruled Texas A&M twenty to nothing, right? Was that the final in that one? But to be fair, James Reed, Costag advisor, who may be driving back from uh, from the Charge on Tour, said the game before I think it was a three two victory or something like that. So the it previous was matchup was a closer game, uh, but twenty nil in the uh, in the closeout. What uh, what scares you the most? Uh, again, the three sixty nine batting average or the point eight one ERA. Yes. <laughs> uh, probably they the scored 9.26 runs. I mean, the, the one that's still – of all those stats that gets me is they've outscored their opponents 500 to Yeah, are you sure runs. that's just this year, Trace? Are you sure you didn't like uh, – the filters were wrong and you, you added in some other years or something? Are you sure you got that right? That is – that is. I don't, know, I don't know how your Excel skills are these days, but not good. Uh, maybe maybe you got a filter messed up there. We you should we'll, we'll take a look. We'll get we'll get research on that. Well, Mike is our research. See, this is uh, yeah. Sort uh, it all falls apart. We needed uh, to Mike there on, but they've got nothing to lose, right? They're in a, a high profile situation. It's good exposure for the program. Hopefully, uh, Tanner's story is as part of the human interest approach that ESPN. Uh, to showcases during this uh, Friday afternoon game. Um, but they've already won. 
right? This is growth and acceleration. It is a question I asked of coaches, athletic director Terry Mahacher at the Charge on Tour Stop at the Space Coast. What does this mean for UCF athletics and just the women's sports program? It has been a year of success. It seems like a long time ago now. Volleyball with its success, track and field, women's basketball, softball just puts an icing on a tremendous year for, for women's athletics at UCF. Well, I'm curious what our, our next guest thinks of it because he, he's on the other end of this matchup. And uh, obviously, it's for us, it's it's the biggest game of uh, of our softball season. But I'm curious what our guest this week, Big Game Boomer, thinks of this. Obviously, he's a notorious uh, Oklahoma fan and uh, the you know, curator, I'll call it, of many different eclectic lists on Twitter. So <laughs> we welcome Big Game Boomer into the show here this week. How are you, Big Game? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. It's been about a year since we had you yeah. on the Sons of UCF Live. I've stayed in touch with you. I trash talked a little, didn't I? When, oh, when it, the matchup came, I said, bring it on. And you're yeah. like, well, here we what, are. Did you, what did you say to me? You're going to have to get some people out. You're going to have to score some runs. Yeah. How good is this Oklahoma softball team? The statistics Man. are crazy. Yeah. I mean, they lead uh, basically the nation in like, it seems like every statistical category in softball right now. I mean, runs scored, home runs, ERA. Um, I mean, this team is is absolute. I mean, it's insane. It's been crazy watching them all year. Um, they're dangerous, uh, but uh, you know, good opportunity for UCF to come come out to Norman and uh, see see what they're made of. You know, it should be a good series. Is it possible they could be overconfident and look down upon a UCF, and maybe we catch them by surprise on a Friday? You know, I I've thought that, um, but. No, just because, I mean, they've blown out every team that haven't really underlooked. But the biggest, uh, you know, I guess plus for UCF is that they're the uh, OU's ace, Jordy Ball. She has not played. She didn't play in the Big 12 tournament. She didn't play in the uh, in the regional. She's got like a sore, uh, her left arm sore. So she, she hasn't played at all. And she's their ace. Um, and I've heard that she... She's been throwing some bullpen uh, practices uh, this week, but she will. Uh, I, I think if it goes into a game three, is the only way you're going to see her uh, against UCF. Uh, I think they're saving her for the World Series, so that's that's a plus for you guys because she is a she's an ace, super ERA under one, um, just who was freshman of the year. So that's some sort of hope for you guys. You're saying there's hope. <laughs> yeah. I like hope. Yeah. I mean, one of the many minuses uh, is, of course, we're playing in your ballpark. So what do you expect from the crowd this weekend? How how rowdy does it get out there? And what do you expect from a, from a number yeah, perspective gets, for the crowd? It gets pretty rowdy. So the stadium is about 1,400 seats. Um, so you'll have that. But then there'll probably be another, I'm just going to say, three or 4,000 other people or other fans outside of the stadium that they like. they tailgate and they sit behind the stadium. OU's actually getting a new stadium here in a couple of years. It's much bigger, but uh, it's a smaller stadium. Um, so the, the atmosphere will be wild. There's there's probably people in the parking lot, like with RVs. Tailgating like, now? Tailgating now, yeah. I, I, I'm I okay with that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kind of feels like a college football atmosphere. I mean, it's it's wild down there now. Patty Gasso's just has built a machine, and the fans are just fully feeding into it. Well, obviously, uh, softball is, is one topic. You are known mostly on social media as the guy with all the colorful lists. So I've, I've got <laughs> you. You came out with a list today that all of our fans, when we found out you were coming on, uh, I've probably gotten this one tweeted to me like nine times uh -oh. and people want answers. Big game. Yeah. So you have the uh, the nicest campuses uh, in each state. And you listed the University of Miami, Miami. as the nicest in the state of Florida. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy to hear about your research on how you uh, arrived at Miami and the beautiful suburb of Coral Gables as your uh, prettiest campus in Florida. Yeah, Coral Gables. I mean, it's kind of the campus itself kind of feels like a resort. I mean, you've got the water there. Um, I, I mean, it's not it's a pretty nice campus. Yeah, I, I I honestly I almost I almost went to Miami and. Uh, for undergrad and went down there and it's a, it's a pretty, it's, it's nice. I felt like it was like it more like a, like a Hawaii beach resort than it was like an actual college campus. Um, so it, it's uh, that, that's why I put it up there. Were UCF, a point. Fans, were, were UCF fans, were they wanting it to be 
the UCF. I, I don't even know that it was uh, it was so much UCF as much as Miami's largely known as a commuter school, right? People kind of zoom in and zoom out. Not a yeah, not a lot of collegiate experience on the physical campus itself. So I guess the criteria you're you're judging based off is what tropical in nature and that yeah, feels nice. It palm is a trees. private school. Yeah, it's a private it school. Yep. So there is money down there. So I mean, it is There's money. It's good. It's it's uh, it seems like a pretty nice campus to me. Well, your lists are certainly provocative. When we talked oh, to yeah. you, you were just starting this ascendancy, uh, getting yeah. this following, and and now you've gotten into the. Not many people are in this podcast game, but you've gotten into that now. Talk yeah. about what that's been like for you, man. It's been cool. I, I mean, I, I've, it's not my real job, so I, I mean, I've been trying to just squeeze in episodes whenever I can. Um, but you know, we've had um, we've had Power Five head coaches, players on the show. Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of just getting up, getting up and rolling. Um, I'm going to start having some writers on the show, um, talk about, you know, all different kinds of football stuff. Um, it's really just, uh, it's kind of an experiment and I'm just going to kind of see where it goes. Um, I mean, I'm only a couple, like 12 episodes in and I've had, you know, some big names already on the show. I'm going to try and get Gus Malzahn to come on. So, uh. Well, that might be a little salt in the wound if he gets if he gets <laughs> Coach Malzahn. <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah, I don't, what's going on there? Well, I've got a ton of UCF followers. Uh, you know, I respect you guys down there and what you're building. I think that that y'all's program is the future in Florida. Um, so I always try to give y'all love because uh, I think you deserve it. Big game. Well, the other thing people want to talk about, obviously, elephant in the room, is they want to talk Oklahoma football quarterbacks. And obviously, that's a big topic. So give us your thoughts on General Booty specifically. What do you think he brings to the team? <laughs> General Booty. Or maybe uh, some other guy. Yeah, that's about Is there anybody else? I thought he was the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, General Booty. I mean, his name, he's a Juco guy. His name's really about all I know. Um, <laughs> but I do know. Dylan Gabriel, um, I watched him in the spring game. He looked pretty, very comfortable under Jeff Levy's offense, um, as you guys probably know, because he played there. Uh, you know, my biggest concern is if he goes down, there's really not a guy that can step in and uh, and fill in for him. I mean, he played like the whole spring game on both sides of the ball. So, you know, if he goes down, he breaks his collarbone or, you know, something like that. what happened last year with you guys. Um, it's going to be very similar to how you guys performed last year. There's not going to be anyone to fill in for him. So, but I like what I saw in the spring game. For sure. The other question uh, people want to know is are, are sock sales up in the greater Norman area? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, um, I know that's his thing, but I, I know he's doing some NIL stuff, uh, in Norman. I know he's, he's popular. He's, he's just fitting right in. Uh, and I saw, uh, uh, Coach Venables was on Sirius XM radio this morning saying he's like near been nearly perfect in everything he's done so far since he's been there. So that's a pretty big compliment. So we'll see. Well, it'll be interesting to see a softball might trot him out to throw out an opening pitch. In yeah, we'll see. Games, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's an honor to do that. <laughs> big game boomer. We uh, enjoy the lists. We like them better when you got UCF high on them, of course. Hey, most of the times they are. It's fair. I, I will say this in, 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 in big games defense, UCF usually ranks pretty high. I mean, I saw, you know, linebackers list centers list. I mean, he's got UCF usually in that, in that top 20, top 30 area. So we shouldn't yeah. be on the linebacker list though. And God love you, by the way, for an inside linebackers, top 50. I mean, you're doing, yeah, I, don't think I had any linebacker. yeah, I don't think I had any UCF linebacker. We don't have any anyway. No, so we don't have any. Miss anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, didn't miss anybody. That's why <laughs> big game boomer. Continued success, and we will be sure to have you back on Sons of UCF. All right, fellas. Y'all take it easy, and uh, good luck uh, this weekend. We'll see what happens. You too. <laughs> yes, you're so nice. Get some socks. Thank you, big game. All right. Always a good guess. If he books Malzahn, that's, that's got to hurt, right? That's... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I boycott at that point. I don't know who I boycott specifically. <laughs> I just boycott something. I don't know. Mike, I'll boycott Mike. Like He, he boycotts the show. I'll boycott this. I don't know. Is Mike a part of this show anymore? We did a special show. Yes, no, on, Mike is a very uh, integral, integral part of the show. Uh, very, very important member of the uh, of the Sons okay. of UCF staff. Uh, no, no discord there. Oh. He's MIA currently, but we'll figure it out eventually. You know who's not MIA? We've been I able do. to pull him away from watching the NHL. Stephen Bronco, ESPN know, yeah. Plus, as very own Stephen Bronco. Uh, what's the Rangers score? We can give scores, right? They're playing tonight, right? 
Uh, two to one last I checked, but I mean, Carolina's taken about 35 shots in a period and a half at this point. The Rangers had a goal taken away from them, and then they had a shorthanded goal scored against them. It's been very emotional up and down for me the last 25 <laughs> minutes. Or so. so, well, we appreciate you stealing away some time from yeah. us. Uh, you, you joined us on Sunday for the special show, and you talked about how you wanted to stay in the winner's bracket, but you feared the Memphis pitcher, and Memphis got the best of the Knights. Knights rebound. They knock off Wichita State, and uh, if you just saw it, Houston defeats Memphis, knocks Memphis out. Houston, right. an 8-7, nine-inning long game, burned right. through some arms, but it didn't surprise you, did it, that the Knights lost uh, to Memphis on uh, Tuesday? No, no. Uh, Gartman was quite the, the pitcher. I think he was a newcomer of the year or something like that in the conference uh, as a pitcher. He's He's got some good stuff, and he's pitched really well all year, and he had success against UCF before, and then he did the same exact thing. He threw seven innings against them the other night. So, you know, it was no surprise. Uh, he, he pitched really well. UCF didn't really pitch well. Um, and so that, that kind of, you know, that was a tough one to go through. I think it was four, four arms or, or whatnot they went through. Uh, so it kind of put them in a hole. But then last night to step up and, and do what they did was huge. And they did that without a great outing from Connor Stain. Yeah, so Rudy Gomez really stepped up. Uh, I mean, it was to have four and two-thirds out of him uh, was massive because it looked like, okay, well, you get two more out of Rudy and then you get two more out of somebody else and then two more after that. And, I mean, it was you would have been big trouble next game, uh, eating up about eight, nine arms at that point uh, before you get to game three. And that was – that'd be terrible. But Rudy was able to step up, uh, I mean, six strikeouts – four and two thirds. I mean, he's five and zero on the year out of the bullpen. I mean, I got a special place in my heart for that kid. I actually recruited him to go to St. Leo. He, I coached him for a year when I was a coach at St. Leo, I recruited him out of high school. Nobody was on that kid. Uh, and I might've had a hand in him coming to UCF at some point. So um, I'm really excited for that guy. Uh, he deserves the success and uh, it was huge for him to come in and pitch the way he did. All right, well, Houston tomorrow night, uh, Stephen. Crystal ball for me. Who gets uh, who gets the ball for Greg Lovelady? I think it's going to be Cameron Crane. We only saw him for a short period of time in game one. Uh, I think Crane is probably the guy that you'll see. He's used him quite a bit uh, for those games. I don't know how long you see him go. He might be that guy that he's your opener and throws two, maybe three, if you can get it out of him. Uh, and if he's cruising, you, you let him go four or five. But I think it would be Cameron, Cameron Crane. So – Turn to the offense for a second. Jeffrey Pena, four RBIs uh, so far through two games. Uh, how important has his production been, and, and how crucial is he going to be if the Knights want to continue on in this tournament? He's better out of the leadoff spot. That's something that needs to, I hope, stays the way it's been. He has been so much better as a leadoff hitter. You know, they've tried to move him around a little bit because he's had that success, and it just it, it doesn't work for him. He has the mentality and the comfortability of being that leadoff guy, and and so he, when he goes, this team goes, his offense goes. And so offensively, I mean, game one, they were okay. I mean, you expect to win games when you put up points, put up runs like they did. And so you saw it last game, the offense really stepped up against Wichita. But that offense, you know, they've already used a bunch of arms. The offense is going to have to carry them from here on. Uh, post-game Zoom last night, uh, Coach Lovelady asked, uh, what will his team have to do to continue to survive in advance? Let's listen to that. We're at our best when we're on the aggressive side, when it's on the bases or putting pressure on guys on bunting, um, taking our walks, doing all those different things, but getting guys on the bases and, and creating havoc. Like that's what we're really, really good at. And uh, we can't do that from a, from a passive standpoint. We got to be the aggressors and we got to bring the fight to whoever, who's ever in that other dugout. And uh, we got to be ready to go. And when we get opportunities to score runs, we got to, we got to take advantage of them. Difference in mood and energy from Tuesday to Wednesday, Knights much more energetic in the win over Wichita State. And again, back to this that we've been talking about it all season. Who shows up Friday? Which team? Which version of this Knights team? Yeah, I think uh, backs against the rope, backs against the wall. They're 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 going to be ready to go. They they came out last night would look like a different team, right? I think they kind of thought that they could just throw it out on the field in game one against Memphis and get a W out of it. And it didn't turn out that way. They punched him in the mouth. You see him start you know, trying to actually play their type of game in the ninth inning. And it was just too little too late. 
But uh, I, I think from here on, I think you see a different team. Uh, I think you, I think you see another W tomorrow uh, with Houston. Uh, I just think offensively, I think they're they're ready to go. They're kind of they're locked in right now. Uh, they're aggressive on the bases. They're they're bunting. They're running. They're doing all the things that a great Love Lady offense does. So I think they use that confidence from last night and, and do exactly what he just talked about. So you like the matchup. Knights took two out of three in Houston. You like that pairing, especially when they go uh, as long as they did today and use some arms out of the bullpen. Yeah, especially with that. So those long games, it's not just the physical uh, ailment of it. It's the mental and emotional of a tight ball game. You know, this is, this is, there's a lot of stress that goes into these uh, postseason games. So there's a lot that goes into that. And so it's great that they won, but that emotional and that physical toll that it's going to take, uh, it, it's going to bleed over in tomorrow. I, I, I've seen that plenty of times. Um, so I think that's something that UCF can take advantage of. Steven, you were an athlete at a high level. So we were talking before you came on with uh, with Big Gabe Boomer. Obviously, the softball ladies have a tough match this week against number one Oklahoma. As a competitor going into a game where you know the team traced, what was it, 500 and something runs of 40 that they've scored this year? 500 to 47. Where, where you know the, the the scales are tilted so much in one favor. What what do you do as an athlete to get yourself ready for that kind of a matchup? Is it simply just, hey, we might as well go play with house money? How do you get yourself locked in when you recognize that you're, you're, you're the prohibitive underdog in a matchup like this? You go watch the movie Miracle and, and watch the <laughs> 1980 Olympic team and, and, and figure out how to beat the Russians, right? No, it's, it's something that you just – look, you, this team knows how good they are. Right. They've done it all year against great competition. I mean, their schedule has got to be one of the toughest schedules in the country. I mean, the number of teams that came into to their house to play was absurd. The places that they went to go play was crazy. They can do this. I mean, that's that's just they got great leadership. And that's what it's going to take is, is that leadership to step up and say, hey, we're a great team. We're here let's go win this thing. And that's, that's what it takes. It's just the, those leaders in the dugout to step up the coaching staff bear and, and the rest of the staff can say what they want to say. It ain't going to matter. It's what the players decide. It's players that, that, that take on those big games. Coaches can't say anything to help them at that point. It's, it's, it's gotta be the leadership. So. So baseball uh, against Houston, you like their chances on Friday, but ECU, boy, they've been playing pretty well so far this tournament. They are on cruise control, aren't they? Well, and 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 this is where this is what we kind of saw last year. They they look like a good team early on in the tournament last year. They've won enough games where those projections are still coming out where they're a two seed in a region regional somewhere. And you know, you you play a little different sometimes when that that comes around. Uh, and then you got you're going to go against every other team knowing that this is do or die for them. So. They're a very, very good team. Don't mistake that. But they don't have their life on the line like everybody else. There's just a different type of hunger when it comes to that. I mean, it's, it's do or die. All right, Stephen. Let's invite you back next week. We'll talk about UCF winning this tournament and going on to the NCAAs. Sound like a deal? Sound good? All right. Go it. Rangers. <laughs> Stephen Bronca, ESPN Plus's very own. Thanks for joining us on the Suns. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you much. They got their work cut out for them, but you just got to keep winning one game at a time. That's all you can do. Get yeah, past you get that team. The- you get that team that showed up last night. To Stephen's point, I mean, you, you like your chances, right? I mean, you like your chances. I mean, even the even the the, the game against Memphis. I mean, they scored runs, right? I mean, so the bats weren't really the issue. Uh, but if Seven, you get the team that, that comes out, yeah, you get team that comes out and, and can pitch and can get timely hitting. Um, you know, you never know. Run, run, runs can happen. Stranger things have happened. You're still in it at this point. Uh, you made it a little harder on yourself now, right? Double elimination. So one more loss. And obviously the Knights are done for the tournament and probably done for the season at that point as well. So you, you've, you've made it a little bit more challenging than you maybe needed to, but you still got options. So you must well go out and play. You got options. I like what you said on the podcast this week. Really busy week. Uh, baseball, softball, charge on tours. Uh, so for the last week of May, still a lot going on. Quick around the kingdom note, women's tennis finishes 21st in the ITA's final rankings, a top 25 program in women's tennis, and congratulations to them. Got any music for us? Mailbag, any walk and talks first? Uh, uh, no walk and talks. Uh, I know I spoke with the gentleman. We were having a, a, it's a, you know, he, he did a pretty good walk and talk, but he was trying to figure out how to upload it to you and 
I defer yeah, to you. Yeah, it was a technical, technical. a technical glitch there. I have not seen that walk and talk materialize, but always available. Sons of UCF podcast at gmail.com. Send us your walk and talks. And, uh, and you never know, you may just show up here with this, uh, just, just cruising rock music behind you. Let's uh, open up the mailbag. Our friend Mary at Mary Ashbaugh 6. Are you concerned that Coach Ball Malone may be sought out by other teams? Yes. How could she not be concerned? She seems committed to going, uh, getting us into the Big 12. I've heard that before from some coaches. Uh, do you think uh, Timo will make sure we don't lose her? It was a question I asked of him. Uh, yeah, he was very aware of it. He was very aware of it. And he was very emphatic about, yeah, we've got to do something. We've got to make, you know, we're going to make sure we lock her up. Uh, but listen, this is going to happen. We saw it happen with Coach Abe. It, you know, bigger schools are going to come after, you know, great coaches. Coach Bear is a great coach. Uh, and so we should expect there may be overtures. But I think I saw Texas A&M came open. I don't know if she's a, a candidate for that job. I think I saw Elo post a, a something that her name was not listed, but her name is going to come up at some point. So we have to be prepared. But Timo seemed like he was like, hey, I learned my lesson last time. I'm locking these coaches up as fast as I can. So let's see if he can be a, a man of his word on this one. At uh, the CMAS 14. By the way, I love how whatever's in the news tends to percolate up into the questions, right? You can always tell where we are news wise by what questions we get. At the CMAS 14, if we're comparing softball to women's basketball, does Timo get more aggressive in the softball space, such as securing funding to keep the coaching staff in place, facility upgrades, better chance to get a return on investment with ticket revenue, tourney hosting? I spoke with some athletics folks, uh, not only out at the Plex last weekend, but at the Charge on Tour location on the Space Coast. And I thought what was interesting was I was told softball really needs a John Juliano type to step up with some dollars. Of course, John Juliano, name now on the baseball stadium, paying for upgrades, the uh, you know revamp to the uh, to the lounge area uh, upstairs, the scoreboard, and the like. Softball needs some big dollar folks to come up, but. Terry was pretty aggressive in his answer to me that he feels like he has done stuff. It, it, it seems like more needs to be done though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to compare one program to the next, right? Cause it's almost like asking me to pick my favorite kid. You know what I mean? Like I'd love to see both, you know, both programs get whatever facilities, upgrades, resources that they need. You know, the reality though is when things like this happen and softball has a good run, everyone looks and says, Hey, how can we upgrade? How can we advance? How can we get better? So my hope is that we find a way to, to make all these programs at the level where they have the resources and the facilities to compete. Clearly, softball is on stage right now. No better time. I think the old uh, corporate saying is uh, squeaky wheel gets the grease. No better time right now than, than softball making a run to, to your point, Trace, find somebody with some you know some deep pockets to step in and, and maybe throw a couple of dollars that way. Uh, at E.T. Johnson for uh, asking us to explain the California to Florida pipeline for softball. Uh, he says he knows Coach Paul Malone is out from yeah. that area. I'm hoping you're going to take this one. I'm hoping you're going to, well, you got the answer from, here. She's from California and she's got right. experience coaching out on the West coast. Uh, you know, it, I'll tell you that pinpoints to that answer is when I was speaking with coach, uh, volleyball coach Todd Dagenet, he talked about how playing in a place like California then opened some eyes from high school kids out on the West coast. Uh, so where you play and, you know, they've been aggressive in scheduling tournaments out in California. She's maximized giving the program exposure, plus the tie she's had in her yeah. previous stops, I believe, explains well, and it. And a lot of it, yeah, and a lot of it too is domino effect, right? If you're from California and see somebody in your local area go to UCF and play and play well, right? And now you're two years later looking for colleges. Hey, I remember so-and-so went to went to UCF, right? We, we see it in football all the time. You know, the Hawaii pipeline was a thing for a while for us, right? So I think once you get one or two from a certain area, you see that domino mm -hmm. effect. So I think that also helps out to see people go there, play, play well, be on this big stage now and go, oh, wait a minute, you know, I'm from that town. I could, I mean, I could play at UCF too. So that, that, that certainly doesn't hurt. Hawaii pipeline, Arizona pipeline, German pipeline. Don't forget the Germans. Do we lose a German? Are we, are we a German down? <laughs> German down. Uh, the one we have is like two, so to be fair. Our friend at Lonely BUCF. If Oresco keeps throwing out ridiculous numbers, should Timo pull a power move and just leave anyway? Let the lawyers figure it out. By the way, didn't Terry say we'd have something in May? Clock's ticking. It's May May 26th if they're, if they're leaving the league. Oresco's got all the leverage here, right? You want out? Pony up. If not, you're staying for a while. They'll work it out. But uh, well, what do you think about the question? Just leave. 
Yeah, well, I mean, A, to be fair, I mean, you, you've seen that kind of power play happen all the time. Al Davis, notoriously in the NFL, did it every year, just moved his team someplace else and said, ah, deal with it. And we went to court. Now, Al Davis had, and the Raiders and the NFL have much more money than, obviously, lonely little UCF has here. What I think is interesting, though, in this one, though, Trace, is not just a staring contest between UCF and Mike Oresco. There's also the other schools as well, right? So, Timo doesn't want to be the first one. Is this a collective? We don't know that yet, as far as I know, right? So, is Memphis well, going to be really, like, that's Houston, play- Houston and Cincinnati. BYU's like oh, sorry, going. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, well, yeah, sure. But they can get out. So is, is, you know, Houston like, Hey, let's let Mahajer go first and see what he pays. And we'll pay. I mean, so are we really uh, one collective or is this one against the other? Probably the only person on earth. I think, collective. Know the answer I think they're question. unified. I think they're listen, unified when I want to talk about AAC exit dollars, I go to my NFT spokesman, that's Mr. UCF, Mike. Now the show's well taken off with five minutes well to go. Versed. On, on exit fees for conference. Mike, do you expect UCF to get out of the conference sooner? Should we just leave and deal with it? Yeah, let's just get the hell out of here. There we go. <laughs> well, let's end the show now. Mike's here. All right, great show, guys. Let's go. Good to see you. We've done uh, about an hour and 45 minutes of programming since Sunday, and, and, and you're going to contribute about five minutes to itself. That's... <laughs> but my five questions left. The the Were you in the batting yeah. cage uh, uh, facing off against nine-year-olds tonight? What was going on there? <laughs> yeah. There is no way you would have touched any one of that girl's pitches. I can guarantee. She was nine. No, she was like 12. And she throws gaps. <laughs> she was like from 30 12. feet. This girl, I'll tell you, this girl has talent. She, She's really good. I wouldn't be surprised if she's the next person we signed to an NIL deal. And Coach she's Bear. been playing yeah, for Coach UCF Bear. in a couple years. And I'm telling you. There's no way. There were about six or seven other dads that went up there. Nobody touched it. Nobody. And I guarantee maybe, Trace could Maybe not. they did that not to show up kids. No, they were trying. <laughs> they were Look, the llama the corns to UCF softball <laughs> pipeline is just forming right now. I see it right now. <laughs> I see it right now. But can, it was a solid questions? shot. Can you ink a 12-year-old to, to an NIL deal? Don't we have didn't the number two quarterback in the country just visit UCF in class of 2031? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I think he's yeah. he's like in the third grade. Oh, that's he's on next week's show, Trace. Just check the rundown. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm to schedule him in the early part before bedtime. <laughs> yeah, before bedtime. Yes. <laughs> yes. Snack at like 7:45. So we got to get in there. And, uh, and I'm not going to ask Trace about softball. The only softball he knows is the, the ones he was lobbing up to Mohajer and Mazan. Wow. Here we go. Wow. I told you I'm bringing the thunder, baby. Four minutes. <laughs> wow, I, I didn't read the answer to that question about the camera work quite with such venom. I, I didn't see that. I didn't see that coming. Um, let's end with Brian W. Peterson. Mike, this will be all you here. Offense sells tickets, but defense wins championships with UCF moving to the Big 12. Should we focus more on building a powerful defense again, or should we act like the rest of the Big 12 and pretend defense is optional? No, I mean, defense wins championships. That's the only way to go. Um, if we're the only team in the Big 12 playing defense, I think that'd be a good thing. So but the offense, you know, Fair. It, it is what it is. I, I, they're all these teams in the Big 12 just like to sling the ball all over the place. I, I, I think Gus's style of running the ball and playing defense will translate well. By the way, what was your tough question of Coach Malzahn last year? Um, whether what he was going to wear on the sidelines. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I was fair. watching 60 Thanks. minutes when you were asking that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot about that hard hitting uh, question. I, I got to tell you, uh, you'll see it at some point. My God, you may not know this yet, but at some point we're going to show, uh, I asked each of the coaches to do one of those, you know, I'm so-and-so and I'm watching the Suns of UCF and I asked uh, Terry Mahajra to do it. And then after he did, he said, didn't I just do that with the barber in the chair last week? <laughs> <laughs> we're everywhere. Said everyone. Great interview with uh, Elton Patterson, and, and count me in on that. Not knowing he wasn't in the Hall of Fame. What's the hashtag on that? What's the groundswell? Uh, uh, get EP to the Hall is what I'm working with here. I, I was legitimately, I mean, uh, surprised when he said that. Like I, I guess I just assumed he was a Hall of Famer already. I, I guess I, I didn't realize. And uh, as I'm looking through the record books, his name is everywhere. I just assumed he was in the Hall of Fame. But uh, a lot of great stories. Uh, certainly told about an a interesting time at UCF, kind of that that bridge between the end of Kruzek and obviously before O'Leary gets there, right after Dante leaves. Uh, told some great stories. A lot of good personality. Got an interesting career now, and, and obviously still helping out student-athletes. Uh, but one of the best, if you haven't seen him play, and, and many of you probably haven't, uh, he, was a, uh, he was a force to be reckoned with on the line back in those days. Yeah, another guy that played when we were there. I always like talking to those guys because 
you know, we hung out at the same places. We probably had classes with a couple of those with him a few times. So always good to catch up with those guys. Mike, we got to get you on the Hall of Fame committee. I mean, based on this show, you know a lot about 1978 uh, volleyball. You know about 2013 <laughs> yeah. golfers, top five teams, uh, a golfer, uh, people too. Uh, mm. your, your, your knowledge, your knowledge of, of UCS sports, uh, you, you need to be on this Hall of Fame committee. You'd be fighting for a, a little Google search right before the show. Never heard. <laughs> <laughs> we did have some research questions, but you were out. What's interesting is I believe, Mike, you won't know this because you weren't watching, but Jeff Sharon may have been a part of the show longer than you tonight. Sharon was on the show. <laughs> yeah, we had an all-star <laughs> cast off I'm the top of the show. <laughs> we had a lot of Cosseg was here, Jan, Britt, RBJ. There was a coach running in the background. I still don't know who that was. Allegedly. Coach Maurer from, from the, volleyball, assistant ah, coach from go. volleyball, uh, was there from the uh, uh, from the charge on tour. Cast of thousands off the top of this show. Big game boomer join us. Robert Aronoff, two letters, two words. Formerly. Of, uh, sitting, not uh, wandering around like he does when he sends us his walk and talks. And of course, Stephen Bronca peeled himself away from the Rangers. Speaking of defense, how the Panthers? Oh, Trace. Panthers? Uh, no good. Sorry. Heat, no good. It's all over tomorrow. So we're, we're good <laughs> it's there. All, it's all malaise in <laughs> a real South Florida. Mike, we hardly knew you. We, uh, we missed you for, for, for 50 minutes or so right. of this show. Well, I just walked in the door. I'm going to go have dinner now. All right. Well, we don't want to keep you from that. Uh, all right. Good luck to uh, baseball against Houston. Uh, it's uh, continue to win or go home in the American Athletic Conference Championship. And, of course, all of our thoughts with Maddie and the softball program as they take on mighty Oklahoma. Uh, whatever they do, they will continue to make us proud. And welcome, Maddie, to the sons of UCF uh, with your NIL deal. And, Mike, thank you for your, what is it, NFT uh, contributions? Is that, uh, is that what you're doing? <laughs> Uh, and there, I've never seen an NFT in my life. <laughs> it's their official <laughs> NFT committee. I sh wasn't it a week ago I asked you to explain uh, crypto uh, <laughs> yeah. currency? Uh, we'll have to start off another show with you talking about NFTs. All right, everybody. Thank you for hopping on with us. The Sons of UCF Live for Adam and Mike. I'm Trace Trollco. Go Knights, everyone. Charge on. Charge on. Mike. My favorite part of the podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.